and welcome to another episode of Bucking Around. I'm your host, Cody Coleman, and with me is the man who just blew up Pitt Twitter what a couple <laughs> months ago. It was a terrible thing, but we're not talking about that. Which time? <laughs> right, which time? Right. The one I'm prefer- re- referring to is whenever you misquote misquoted somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the man, the myth, the legend, Noah Hiles. Noah, welcome to the show. How you doing today? I mean, I was doing great until that was your introduction of me. I mean, you could have said a lot of different things. I, I mean, know. that that's the that's the note we're starting out on, Cody. Come on now, man. I hey, I had to I had to throw a jab real quick, you know. That's fair. Keep me <laughs> humble, right? But you know, I don't I don't want to bury the lead. You just accepted a new new position as the beat writer for the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is really yeah. really the reason you're on this show right now. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that and how it came about. Obviously, as I stated, you were on the pit beat. Mm-hmm. So how how did this come about coming on to the Pirates beat? Well, yeah. So as I'm sure a lot of the people uh, viewing this, listening to this are aware Ron Cook retired, um, earlier this month. And, you know, when, when someone like that, who's been a fixture has been a staple at a media outlet for decades leaves, it's, it's going to lead to a little bit of a reshuffling of the deck. Um, my coworker, uh, one of my mentors, really Jason Mackey got promoted into Ron's spot as the lead columnist at our paper, and it um, obviously left some big shoes to fill on the Pirates beat. Andrew Destin, my new beat partner, uh, was obviously still around, but they wanted to um, you know, add another reporter there to see if uh, two people could kind of replicate what was previously there with Jason and Andrew, and that's where I come into the picture. Um, not 100% sure it'll be like more than this season. It's kind of like a trial and error type thing there we're gonna see how i do there i'm gonna see how i like it uh there's a chance where it goes great there's a chance it goes not so great and and not necessarily even work-wise but we'll we'll see you know there's a lot of different things where i could be moved around or andrew could be moved around or whatever else but all i know right now is that my boss asked me if i wanted to help with our pirates coverage this year and as someone who's covered the team in different capacities uh, through three seasons right. and it has covered sports since he graduated college in 2017. It seemed like an awesome opportunity to travel the country, go write about a baseball team that I think has the potential to do some interesting things this year. So that's, that's why I was all about it. Um, by the time people are listening to this, I'll be in Bradenton with Jason, you know, covering, I believe Friday is what the first spring training game, right? Friday, Friday or yeah. Saturday. Friday or Saturday. Yeah, so I'll I'll be there for those. I'll be there for a week in Bradenton, and then I'm back finishing out my pit coverage. Uh, obviously, they're in the midst of some pretty interesting stuff right now as they're trying to make their way onto uh, the bubble or a better spot on the bubble. So it's going to be a busy spring for me, but one that I'm very very excited for. Yeah. So tell me, you know, you're a homegrown guy. You're a Bradenton yeah. guy. And you get to cover these teams you grew up watching. What what kind of perspective or like interesting or like what's the word I'm looking for? Like unique perspective do you feel you bring to covering these teams? I mean, I think an advantage that I've had throughout my whole career is that like you you hear about like great athletes 
who were kind of like bred into being a great athlete by of like the environment their parents created. Yeah. I grew up with the quintessential sports media consumer and my dad and his brothers. All of them read the Post-Gazette. All of them listened to what was ESPN Pittsburgh at the time and then 93.7 The Fan. I remember, you know, on road trips, while other kids might have memories of listening to music with their dad on road trips, I listened to Mike and Mike and Dan Patrick. And I remember sprinting home from the school bus to read Sports Illustrated and Sports Illustrated for Kids. This is something I've always wanted to do. And with that interest, I was consuming this stuff really early. I remember reading, geez, oh man, Starkey's columns and, and even Dayon Kovacevic's coverage of the Pirates and the Penguins. And I hate that I just said his name, but, um, but, and other people as well, just uh, Mackie, when he was first getting into the mix, uh, Ron, of course, Collier, so many people, um, Zeiss, Filippato, like just everyone who I now work with or work against, you know, share a press box with, um, sure. I grew up reading them. And more importantly, though, the unique aspect of it is I grew up with the people that consume their work as well. I, I, I feel like I have a really good understanding of what people want to read about, people want to hear about. And I'm not going to tell you, and when I say that, it's not where it's, I'm not going to just say something that pirate fans want to hear, you know, right. because that's, that's not what my job is. I, I'm not here to tell you good news all the time, but I do feel like, something that's benefited me when I covered high school sports in this area, when I covered Pitt, um, my brief time covering Pirates for other outlets, um, and everything else is I've kind of had a finger on the pulse of what the fans uh, wanted to, to, to know more about. And I feel like I'm a relatable guy just by my interests and growing up in this area. I mean, I, I know, I will say, like, it's, it's kind of weird taking a three-year hiatus from Pirates Twitter to see what it's evolved into now. I mean, the guys like, like Jim and Donardo and all that, they're like the, the, the kingpins, the old heads of that space. Yeah. When I remember like, they, yes. were, they were just like the normal people now. And right. like, like the older people when I was there are like gone. And now there's this whole new wave of whatever's going on and the Twitter space fights and everything. So I've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, but like, because I've grown up in this area and, and I kind of grew up when social media took off. So I'm familiar with these big fan accounts, these big, you know, guys who had their own blogs and now do podcasts like this because that's when I was growing up. So I feel like there's that different connection that someone maybe from outside the city won't have, or even if you kind of grew up with it and you're just a little older than me you wouldn't have. Uh, I, I kind of grew up in this space where a lot of people such as yourself, such as, like I said, Jim and Donardo and a whole bunch of other people um, right. when they were kind of coming into their own lane. Uh, I was there consuming it as a part of it. Um, you know, that nerd who writes for the MLB now who covers the pirates. I was there when he was <laughs> figuring his self out and, you know, <laughs> unfortunately became one of his best friends. Uh, yeah. Alex, like, you know, there's all of it. I kind of grew up around it all. And so that's what's exciting to me about it is this is a team I've always wanted to cover. Um, I was passionate about the pirates growing up. Baseball is my favorite sport. And um, 
it was fun covering them from 18 to 20, just to have that experience right out of school. But this is different. I mean, if you if you grew up in this area, you understand what it means to cover a professional sports team for the outlet that I work for. It is the the paper of record in this city. And if you go into a bar on the south side, there's a framed copy of the Post-Gazette documenting something notable in Pittsburgh sports history. And the idea that I'll get to do that the next time this team wins a big game or a playoff game or clinches something, it's pretty surreal. So that's the connection and everything that I have to what I'm going to be doing. Right. And I'm just, it's just dawning on me now that you're you're the first person I've interviewed on the show that's like close to me in age. Yeah. So like we grew up with the wild card games and like mm-hmm. seeing the first competitive team in a long time. And it's like I think that at least for myself is what cat like that was the catalyst for me to want to get into some sort of sports media. I mean, you obviously like the way I had it in my head is a terrible way to say it, but I'm going to say it for lack of better terms. Okay. You're the wannabe podcaster that made it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's <laughs> no, th- that's a good way to put it because, I mean, everyone now looks at me and they think I'm this, like, traditional media guy, right? Right. But, like, I went to a school that had an undergraduate, you know, student body of 2,200 kids, and it was not known – for its communications department. I didn't go to Syracuse or Northwestern or Missouri or even Pitt for that matter, you know, where you'll see there's no one else from Mount union in the Pittsburgh media. And there's no one else from Mount union in a lot of cities media. There's a couple of people here and there, but I think I was like the first Mount union student to like get a full-time reporter job in like over a decade. So my path that I carved out, there was, kind of two avenues that formed into one. I had a whole bunch of traditional media stuff, right? Like I yeah. produced for the fan, KDK radio. I started freelancing for the Trib and the Beaver County times. I had all those things, but a lot of my recognition for the people who, the few people who probably remember my small contributions to pirates coverage. In addition to what I did on the fan, Alex and I hosted a pirates podcast for three years. And that, had a decent sized following, especially right. for what the podcast market was back then and, and what the team was back then. We had a loyal listening audience, and I was just as much as a part of the blog podcast space as I was the traditional media. It was really just me trying to figure out anything that can get me noticed, get me going, yeah. and eventually it all kind of clicked. Um, but yeah, that is... I, I think there are a couple of us who are like that. I think Chris Carter was like that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Alex was certainly like that. Myself. There's like a kind of a, a little wave of us who are, you know, now I guess we've gone corporate. Uh, That's to, right. Yeah. <laughs> make a wrestling analogy, but I, I mean, I'm not. Hey, I'm not complaining about it. But right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been a cool journey, and it's kind of kind of really interesting how it's gone full circle to where I'm at now in my career, what I've been doing. And I've always wanted to get here. Most people who make it to this point have a lot different of a road than what I've taken, but it's been a really cool road. Yeah. Yeah. So some of us still enjoy being out on the Indies, you know? Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, I think the big, another area where it's like there, I, I don't think it's as bad. Like I remember 
a couple of years ago when I was young. I think part of it had to do with youth. But um, there, I feel like the 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 stigma of quote unquote blog boys doesn't necessarily yeah. exist like it did. I guess pre-pandemic, because that's when I was kind of in that space, uh, where you get looked down upon if you had a fan POV podcast or something like that. Um, like you, it was like you know we don't associate with those people. Right. And as someone who quite literally associated on both sides of that dynamic, where I my mentors were traditional media people, but my friends were, you know, self self-made creators. It was interesting, but now it, it it really does seem, especially in like the pirate space, pit. Um, honestly, I think it's those two for a multitude of reasons. Number one being, I think those are just the two beats in this city that have like the most open-minded and chill people covering them for traditional media. So they're probably going to be more open. Chill is the key word there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like drama or petty or anything. It's like that on pit or it's not like that at pit. It's not like that on the pirates beat. It's a big reason why I had no interest in trying to cover the penguins or the Steelers. There's just people who are around those programs. I have no interest in dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Um, but it's, it's cool that the spaces that I've been in, are now filled with people who acknowledge it's like, look, they have a different lane. They're not competition. They're not, they're not jokes either. Like there's benefits to having a relationship with these people. And more importantly, they're just, they're just people, man. Like it's, it's cool (laughs) to talk to people. So yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to see how that's developed though, because that wasn't the case not long ago. Right. So tell me about you brought it up a couple times. Uh, the Beaver County Times. That's yeah. my hometown yeah. news newspaper. Tell me about your time there. I mean, I, I'm really interested to hear what it was like to be there. You know, we used to have the guys, the reporters, come to the practices. Mm-hmm. They do their short little five minute videos, and it's like you go and watch it. And looking back at it now, you're like, oh man, I could have done this. I, you yeah, know, no, when I was, was in a- high school. But now it's Beaver County Times. Is I look upon it fondly. I, I read it still when I can on, on you know, on the internet. I see mm-hmm. it on Facebook all the time. But tell me about your time there and how that helped you develop into the reporter you are today. Well, when I, when I graduated, um, I was looking for places where I could grow, right? And I'd always, like, I've been told by a whole bunch of people, like, this is kind of like the AAA for Pittsburgh media. If yep. you look at where a, a lot of very successful people Started their career. I mean, Ron Cook started there. Um, Mike Pursuta. You could go out. Chris Harlan from the Trib. You could keep going. I mean, there, there's, and it's, it's obviously high school sports in that specific area. It's not really like anywhere else. Even in you know the Allegheny counties or Westmoreland or um, Lawrence County. Like there, there are specific spots. You have your teams. You have your powerhouses. But in that specific county. It's as good as it gets. And um, around the time where I was graduating, that's when they got bought out by, I believe, Gatehouse. And okay. they just had eliminated a whole bunch of positions, which is an unfortunate reality of the industry that I'm in. Um, but they had just eliminated, they stopped covering Pirates, Penguins, Steelers. And they were kind of trying to find people who could do who would sign up to do kind of a lot of work for not a full-time paycheck. And as a 22 year old, I was like, that's me. So 
I, I like to say I annoyed my way into the newsroom. I had been, I'd been blogging for this place. It was like this site. I think it was called Our Sports Report. Um, it was created by someone that I got connected with when I was in college. I was just trying to get clips, you know, just show people that I could write. And uh, I sent, I think like every time I wrote something, I would send it to the sports editor at the time, Eric Hall. And he was like, all right, we got a job for you. It's 30 hours a week. It's 375 bucks a week. You're going to come in. You're going to sit at a desk in the sports department and people are going to call you and you're going to write box scores down. And that's what you're going to do. You're going to write tennis box scores, cross country, basketball, football, baseball, softball, you know, whatever. Like there was no byline. And then once a week I got to go write a story. If it was like high school soccer or whatever it was, but that to me was well worth it. It was like, that's not a terrible gig. No, it's not. I'm sitting there. I, I, and like, I had like other jobs at this point, right? Like I'm right. blogging other places. I'm I'm writing for other places. So it's like I could get other work done. And it's also like I'm in a newsroom for the first time. I'm getting to see how a newspaper works. I'm I'm networking. And like my nickname there, I was there for two years. They called me the barnacle because I would take the bottom of the barrel stories. I, I wrote about high school girls rugby. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> children's powerlifting. Like I'm not even kidding. Ambridge at the time was a powerhouse in bowling. And I covered okay. I covered the hell out of those runs. Um, things of that nature. And like my mentality was always I grew up with a lot of or a lot of my friends from college are in sales. And they they work for like athletic teams. Like one of my friends works for the Lions, another one works for the Diamondbacks. And I say those names now, and you're like, wow, that's pretty fun teams to work for but like when they went there both of them not fun those teams stunk <laughs> and that was the reason they went because that's what they kind of taught us and i was like in their sports sales classes because that was my minor it was you want to work for a bad team because it teaches you how to sell and then when you know how to sell a product that no one else wants when that product gets good you're really gonna know how to sell same thing for me for journalism it's like look if i can write a story about 12 year olds lifting weights and people want to read it then like when I get to interview Tony Dorsett or Joe Namath, it's going to be a lot easier for me to really craft something special. So I was there for two did you, years. Did you, did you get to interview Joe Namath? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, wow. Yeah. I, him, Dorsett, uh, Ditka, I talked to all those guys. Um, so that was my first stint at the Beaver County Times where I was bottom of the barrel. As I stayed around, I got more and more responsibility and respect. Right. Vince Townley took over as a sports editor, and he gave me a ton more of opportunities. And he was awesome with allowing me to be flexible and work for the fan and KDKA and do all my podcasting with Alex and everything else. And he made my he allowed me to kind of develop into being a well-rounded creator journalist. And I left for Canton for about a year and a half to be a news reporter. I came back here uh, in 2020, right when baseball started back up. I worked for DK for six months. By about four months in, I was ready to get the hell out. And um, I was looking for really anything. I, I wasn't, like, very picky. I just kind of wanted to go somewhere where I could maybe have a little bit of a better life. And yeah. um, I saw that Mike Byers, who I'm sure you're familiar with that name, if you grew up in that area, a legendary sports writer from that Oh, yeah. newspaper he's retiring and they needed like a head high school writer to replace him 
And I reached out. I was like, hey, you guys remember me? And they're like, absolutely. And they'd seen my work since then. And I kind of went from being the lowest guy in the totem pole to the top guy there. And that's yeah. that's where the second time when I was in Beaver County where my my work really took off, I won some some national awards, some state awards, and some local recognition as well. Um, wrote some really cool stories there. Like uh, that's where I got – I talked to Joe Namath on FaceTime for – uh, an hour and a half he he called awesome. me and like That's i'm just awesome. sitting there uh covered jimbo covert's hall of fame enshrinement and i got to hang out with him in the lobby when sitting across from me was or right next to me were cower and alan fanica and paul malu and then over on the other side of the room was jerry rice and mark davis and i was the only media member allowed in that hotel and oh, wow. jimbo hooked that up because i was a beaver county right. times guy and he loved right. his hometown paper and um I wrote a big profile on Russell shell. That was like my big story that kind of got me like taken seriously as a writer in the area. Was yeah. that, that was turned into like a little documentary thing, right? The shell thing. No. So people yeah. use it no. inspired okay. a little bit of a documentary thing for where gotcha. he works now. Cause I, I, I read your story and then I mm -hmm. thought that it like was the same with the video. And yeah. I watched the video and I was like, I love this. But. And that's that's one thing where like I've wrote a lot of great stuff covering Pitt. Um, but that I always tell people if you're gonna read one thing I've written, it's probably that piece. That that profile on Russell Shell kind of it 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 allowed a lot of places in the city to recognize me as oh, this isn't just the 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 young kid who works his ass off at 30 different jobs anymore. Like he's really grown up and he's a serious journalist now. Right. Um, so that story, a couple of other ones I did, uh, which I can go into more detail about. I got some really creative stories that I've told there, um, put me on the post gazettes radar, their sports editor at the time. Her name was Lydia. I started contacting her probably in December of 2021. I didn't get hired until August of 2022. Uh, it was just a lot of, Hey, what's going on? And there was interest and, Finally, she hired me. She quit like three days after she hired me too. So I don't know what that <laughs> says about me, but uh, I got hired on to cover pit, which was awesome. Uh, getting Sometimes. to cover. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know what? No, it's not like it's, it's awesome for me all the time because right. it's a team that like, you know, I want to see them do well because you know, it's, it's more enjoyable to cover a good team oh, than a bad team. But like, I went into it where it's like, I don't have a lot of emotional attachment to this. I mean, I grew up rooting for Pitt, but like the Stallings era and the Todd Graham era and all that. Like, I was going to say, as Western PA people or guys, mm -hmm. kids, however you want to describe us, the era we grew up in, like Pitt sports weren't something you like went to unless well, it was and they were They were good until we got to like high school and college exactly. and then it like, was like and then especially for me like i went to college in ohio and i'm like i can't keep up with everything back home and yeah. i had so much fomo because the pirates my first 3 years of college made the playoffs so yeah. it's like i'm not i don't have time to follow up on how kevin stallings is ruining this basketball program like <laughs> that's where like my fandom really faded away first right um, cause the Steelers were so good and the Penguins were winning yeah. Stanley cups. Like I was like, I could care less about, so like, that's kind of what brought me to Pitt, And it, it's been an awesome two years of covering Pitt. I mean, I got to tell some incredible stories that March madness run last year was the most exciting couple of weeks, months of my career. 
I mean, the football season, not this past year, but the one prior was awesome too, where they, the backyard brawl being my first game I ever worked at the Post-Gazette. I don't know how much better it gets than covering the biggest sporting event attendance-wise in the history of the city you're in. Right. And the Devonshire angle, a Beaver County guy winning the game, a guy that I have covered since, you know, my days as the Barnacle winning it right, my right. days at the Post-Gazette now. And even this last year of covering pit football where the team was miserable, I mean, I feel like last year, you know, you joked about the the misquote or whatever, but, like, I, I do feel like I, I set myself apart for good reasons on the beat last right. year. I was able to break a lot of stories and and have a lot of exclusive reports that no one else had. And I think that that's kind of what allowed me to be viewed as someone who could handle a little bit more and, and go on Pirates beat. And the reason I bring all that up is the Beaver County times is the reason all that stuff happened. My confidence in telling cool stories, building sources, doing the job the way it's supposed to be done. That all came from working at the place that develops some of the best writers in the city. Right. I, I agree. Like you said, prior like that's triple a yeah like, that's where you know growing up me alan saunders up yeah right. alan saunders i mean madden wrote a column for them chris moeller still writes a column for them like you could go on and on they're they're the amount of people who you know cut their teeth there yeah it, it shows up on a resume it's something that Absolutely. i don't think you really understand unless you grew up in beaver county or work in pittsburgh sports media that like doing work there meant something. Right. And then you brought up buyers and that was what I referred to as the, I could have done a better work myself in high school. They made him, they were making him do like these videos. Yeah. Like he's not a video guy. He's a writer. No. <laughs> like, no, I mean like Mark or Mike wasn't just a technology guy. Like I, the reason he knew my name for the first year I worked there is because I knew the password to his computer and he didn't. And it had been his computer <laughs> at his cubicle for like probably seven years. Oh, that's awesome. uh, but like he couldn't remember it. And he was just like, but Yeah, like they, that, I, I yeah. get it. I get it. Beaver County is like a big football, you know, mm -hmm. and he was the guy. And they were, I, I assume they were like, We need you to do more. Like, we need some video content because that's yeah. big on the internet these days. And he's right. probably like, I guess so, but I'd rather write about it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Mm -hmm. But that that's I always look back to that because he always I, I forget who like we were talking prior uh, to recording about Alex Rouse. I think he did a, a piece about Alex Rouse. He did one about Darius Wise. Mm -hmm. And like it was always cool to see him come to practice and be like, oh, that, that's, and that's that's, someone, that's, what, that's what someone was, from the from the times, you know, like and that's what was cool is like the way Mackey gets recognized is like the Pirates reporter. Now, like, you got that recognition in Beaver County, and you wrote about right. high school sports. Like, you would show up, like we were talking before, during football camp, like during, like, training camp, and it's like, oh, yeah. the Times guys are here, you yeah. know? And, like, if you got a profile written by Mike Byers or, you know, the other guys there, a a a Andrew Schiapazzi, you know, those guys, like, that, that was cool. Like, right. people tried to explain that to we me when I started. They are like – Kids are going to frame these things that yeah. you write. Like this will be something on display at their grad party. And it, it's a, it, I don't know what it is anymore just because Gannett kind of ruined right. it. But like, um, I got to be there at the tail end when it was still a very special place to, to, 
to work and cover a community? Right. I'd say that, you know, we, we would get more excited to see Mike Byers at practice than if there was like a college scout. You yeah. Know? Or even <laughs> like, like the Post-Gazette. Like that was right. our territory in, in Beaver yeah. County. Like Mike White, who's another one of my mentors and an absolute yes. legend. Yeah. It's like, listen, pal, like you're second in command in Aliquippa. This is our territory, you know? And that's that was what was really cool about working there. Now tell me what is the excitement factor for you to be reuniting with your friend Alex Stumpf on the Pirates beat? Ain't nothing exciting about it. He's my competition. I'm coming for that ass. Uh and I'm I mean, I'm joking, but I'm serious. Like that's right, right. and the, and he he'll tell you the same thing. Like we're in a group chat, and the other day he said something that I won't relay over the air, but he was like, he made a comment where it was like kind of playful, but it was like, kind of like we are competitors now. And I was like, right. All right. All right. Cool. And like, he has the leg up, like, you know, in social settings, like I'm a little bit more confident that I would say Alex is like, he's just, you know, whatever. Like I'm probably the more outgoing of the two of us. Uh, but like I'm walking into his house right now, you know, he's been covering <laughs> this team for a long time for different outlets People, be it players, coaches, people around the Pirates, they're going to know him more than me. And it's not lost on me that I've got some big shoes to fill with the guy whose job I'm I'm replacing. So yeah. I've got a lot of pressure on my end, and, and competing against my one of my best friends is going to be interesting. But it's something I look forward to because I know that, you know, there's going to be times where I'm MFing him, that he got something ahead of me, and I'm – I know there's going to be times where he's going to be doing it when I beat him to something. Um, he's just going to be like, well, Mackie gave it to you or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I know that like at the end of the day, when we're done battling or whatever, like we're still going to be able to be very, very good friends. And the idea of getting to travel the country, doing what we love, albeit for different outlets, um, is something that's very exciting for me. I have a great relationship with him. Jose Negron, uh, his replacement at DK is another great guy that I've got to know over the years covering high school sports. Um, obviously, Mackie and, and, and Andrew, my my two co-workers who will be covering the Pirates with me this year, I'm close with. Uh, there's, I mean, Kevin Gorman, John Prado, all of these guys. Prado, and, I'm my and I'm excited to meet the new people, too, who started getting credentialed after I left. Um, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and that's something that I like about the uh, the Pittsburgh, or specifically the Pirates beat. It seems like everybody is very like we're all buddy buddy. We yeah. all we all care about each other, but we also know we're competitors. Like, well, yeah, like, it's it's like time it's, comes, like we got we got to you know, yeah, right. Like I mean, it's we're there to work, and you want to do a good job, but it's it's a job, you know, and. I'm not going to, it's, I don't think it has to be nasty or anything like that. Now, right. you know, I don't know if Alex and I will be doing golf polo swaps at the end <laughs> of seasons and everything right. like Jersey swaps, but uh, right. I don't think anyone would want to see that, but no, I, I, <laughs> I think that um, it's cool. And that's another reason, like I said, why I wanted to cover pirates. It's like that on the pit beat. I, I have great relationships with, you know, Chris Peak, Jerry DePaula, um, Stephen Thompson, Jim Hammett, George Michalowski, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting anyone else. Uh, just everyone on that beat. I'm, I'm, I consider friends, and uh, you know, but I'm competing against them too. And 
it's 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 cool to have that kind of professional respect for each other right where we can go get a beer afterward and exactly. go get dinner afterward or go out for a beer uh the night before a game so all right so before we get out of here you're a big Dave and Buster's guy. Like it Huge. is well known yes. that you're a Dave and Buster's guy. I what actually, is it about Dave and Buster's? Yes. So here's actually, I've never told this story. This is a Noah Howes exclusive. So when right. I was in Canton, I was a news reporter and I would do news updates on the radio and I would do video content for our social media. And I got a press release one day. There was a Dave and Buster's coming into the local mall, Belden Village Mall, if you're familiar with that area. And uh, they were like, we're giving media exclusive access where if you sign up, you'll get like an hour of the place to yourself. So I like walked into my boss's office. I'd been to Dave and Buster's a couple of times, but like it was nothing right. like this. And I walked into my boss's office I was like, hey, can I can I do this? Like, can I do a story on this? She was like, yeah, go for it. And no one like signed up aside from me. There was like one person from the local paper who was like the next day. So I just played for like three hours to myself and they gave me the platinum card. I got to play every game. They cooked me three meals, a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner to try. I got to take the leftovers home. They cooked me three different alcohol or they made me three different cocktails to try as well. Um, I got to play like VR stuff. Like it was incredible. And it was like, a mile and a half away from my apartment where this new Dave and Buster's came in. So this is like at the time also like I was going through like a breakup. So like, I didn't really want to go out to like a bar and see my ex-girlfriend. I was like, I know where she definitely won't be. And uh, (laughs) and, so like me and the fellas started frequenting Dave and Buster's very often um, to a point where it kind of became a part of my personality. And then uh, I moved back to Pittsburgh and I lived in the North Hills for a little bit. And there was one right by where I lived there. And, and then obviously, you know, people noticed it and it became a fun bit. And like, then it just became a point where it's like, I don't think this is a bit anymore. I just think I'm a Dave and Buster's guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I go there when I'm sad and I go there when I'm happy. And uh, like, I'll like the one year on my birthday, I just went there by myself for like two hours didn't tell anyone where I was. I was like, I'm just going to go here and play Guitar Hero for a little bit. And then, like, I'll go to my birthday dinner with my family. You know, like, this is just what I want to do. I want to be by myself. So, I don't know, man. It's great. Like, I love going to ones in different cities. Every Christmas, I can bank on getting at least one gift card to there. I have a lot of records there. I've won a lot. My girlfriend now has uh, probably, like, her whole bed is covered in, like, big stuffed animals. I've won her there. (laughs) Every time we go, it's, like, a different big one she walks out with. And uh, it's just a great time, man. You can eat, drink, play, and win. What's better than that? <laughs> Get this man a sponsorship. Oh, my goodness. I, I've been working on it, right? I've been working <laughs> on it. But, no, it's funny because I would argue that. So there was, like, right after the pandemic, me and my girlfriend, we would start to, like, go out to dinner more. Yeah. And I would argue that your bit, of going to Dave and Buster's all the time was why I told her, I was like, we're going to Dave and Buster's and she loves it too. It's not like I'm dragging her to Dave and mm-hmm. Buster's. I'm like, we should go. Like, why not? Like, like you said, like eat, play, have fun, whatever. Yeah. Like- I mean, it's, it's great for everyone, man. It's great for everyone. It it's got something everyone wants to do. 
it's a little pricey. I get it, but like you know what, you're paying. But for like an for what you're getting, yeah, right. for what you're, you're getting, for I'm, I'm okay with the price. <laughs> and I've reached a point where like I don't care about nightclubs, you know, right. and anything like that. Like, we're too old for that. <laughs> yeah, where it's like I'm, that's just not who I am, man. Like I, I, they got sports on TV. They've got a short line to the bar. They've got Guitar Hero and Papa Shot and Deal or No Deal and everything else I could need. What, what else? What else are we talking about here? So and, yeah, I mean, you go, you go on a Saturday or Sunday. You got UFC going on, it's, right? Or I mean, it's even option. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. It's great. So now we know how much you love Dave and Buster's. How much you've your love for Dave and Buster's has influenced me. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a little Dave and Buster's trivia. All right, let's do it. All right, so we got Dave and Buster's trivia here. I gotta make sure I can navigate this thing. Here it is. All right. Oh, I had it. Now we got it. All right. Five questions. Not too hard, I don't think. All right. But here we go. Round one. Where was the first Dave and Buster's? Arkansas. This is a little bit of a trick question. The first actual Dave and Buster's was in, in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Texas. Why the do I th- precursor was in Arkansas. The yes. Bar that there, it was Dave and Buster's was in in Arkansas. That's where, yes. And I don't want to say anymore because that might give away another question. But yes. Okay. <laughs> so but I, I feel like my answer should also be correct because that's where the idea was inspired. Like that's yeah, what I mean are doing business together. But yes, the first you're right. You're right. All right. Okay. All right, we'll give you because no, trust me. In the article I got this from, it specified both of those. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're fine. So not, not starting out too hot. I don't know. I feel like my knowledge has already been flexed a little bit here, but okay, keep going. <laughs> All right, round two. Dave and Buster's arcade section is named what? Oh, is it the fun zone? The hmm. Fun zone sounds right. Something like that, right? It's something you actually, I don't even think you see it in like a Dave and Buster's now, but it was probably prominent back when it first came out. It's called the Million Dollar Midway. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm 0 for 2. And I'll tell you, I have never seen a sign for it, but the no. article I got it from was like, this is what it's called. <laughs> yeah, no. That's maybe we got a faulty under- article. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I yeah, I would check your sources. <laughs> All right, let's go to round three. When was the power card oh, first geez. introduced? I, I feel this like this has be. to be more recent, right? Because a, a while it was tickets. Like my first memory of Dave and Buster's, I feel like it was tickets, like Chuck E. Cheese. The power now, card now you gotta remember the power card can be used for coins as well as your tickets yeah no i'm saying but like okay they i'm saying they they probably had coins and tickets like the physical things before the power card right so i would say it was introduced probably 2008 it was 1997 really i am appalled it wasn't until 2015 that they introduced like the new system of the touch and go with it. But you, for, in 1997, they had the insert. We had to insert the power card to play the game. Interesting. 
I don't know. I, hmm. I'll send you. Hey, after this, I'll send you the article. And no, no, can... no. I believe you. I just, <laughs> I mean, this is embarrassing. We're going to have to do some other trivia here before we wrap up. All right. We'll no, I know to... what we can do after this. Go ahead. Okay. Keep going. Round four. What is the Dave and Buster's companion app called? Oh, shit. I have it on my phone. I would say, oh, oh, don't look. I no, see I'm you not. trying to look. I'm not. I, my hands are in my hoodie pocket. Um, <laughs> The uh the play app, right? The play shoot. I have it. I mean, I have it on my phone. I order food from it when I'm there. <laughs> Do you have a final answer? Uh, no. What is it? Ding ding ding. ding, ding? Wait. The it's called ding ding ding. Is it? Let me. Where's my phone? No. Let yeah, you're check. right. It is, is it? Okay, I don't even know where my phone is. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's called Ding Ding Ding. All right, round five, last round. In 2009, Dave and Buster's was a sponsor for this rock band's tour. Oh man, I hope it's Nickelback. Is that your final answer? No, it's probably not. It's probably like Smash Mouth or something. What is it? You're kind of close. It was. The did fray? I not add did I not add that slide? What's going on? Did I accidentally delete it? Uh oh. Let's double check here. I think I accidentally deleted the answer slide. Bowling for soup. There. there it is. Yeah, bowling for soup. There we go. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know why. I don't know why that took forever to come up. They're just singing like <laughs> almost had you. <laughs> I vaguely I vaguely remember commercials about it. Yeah, that sound that sounds like, like it's right. <laughs> I mean, all right, so since I embarrassed myself, I need you to give me a redemption opportunity. I'll let you pick what you want to quiz me on. I know a ton about Heisman trophies. Okay. And Super Bowls. Super Bowl trivia and Heisman trophy. So if you I, – I can rattle off the last 20 Heisman trophy winners off the top of my head right now. And I okay, can name – I'm pretty confident I can tell you about – like if you name a Super Bowl, I could give you – a. I could probably go 90% on who played in those. All right, here's one that it stumped me a long time ago. I had to double-check the answer, but we're going to go with it. Who was the Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl 30? Steelers, Cowboys. That's Brown, the defensive back. Larry yeah. Brown, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> he was like a 10th-round draft pick or something, yeah. Yeah. Because I looked back at that and I was like, you know, you grow up, you're like, oh, Neil, what's his name, Neil O'Donnell? Neil O'Donnell, yeah. He screwed screwed the pooch mm -hmm. on that one. Cower screwed the pooch, all that. And I'm like, well, who is the MVP of that game? Like, it had to be like Aikman or something. Yeah, right. Larry Brown. Right. <laughs> so, all right, you got your redemption. Okay. I was going to say, because, I mean, there, I feel bad that I went over right there with Dave and Buster's, although I never claimed to be a historian. Hey, I know, but I like if you if you sit down, if you sit down, Shohei Otani, and ask him baseball history, how will he do? No, it's like he's the best player in the world. He's not the most knowledgeable in the history of the game, right? Wow, I can't believe you dubbed yourself the Shohei Otani of Dave and Buster's. I I I stand on that business. I really do. I love it. I, I I dare anyone to to try to beat me in a gauntlet there. I love it. What what's your what's your go to game? 
So are we trying to win tickets or are we trying to have a good time? Because I like to do a little bit of both. My favorite yeah, thing in the tell world. Me each, yeah. My favorite thing to do there is play Guitar Hero. I, okay. I, I will take it to my grave. I'm the best medium Guitar Hero player <laughs> in the greater Pittsburgh area. You might play hard and expert like a tryhard, but buddy, right. I rewrote that medium record book on the North Hills, Dave and Busters. Um, so that's that's my go-to. That's the first thing I do. Then I like to take a lap. I'll just yeah, I'll just take you through my whole experience. <laughs> okay. We start with we start with Guitar Hero. Then we go to the far right corner by the bathrooms, and we play all the sports games. We do Papa Shot. They do they have the th- the actual three point shooting. They have um, it's tic tac or it's connect four with three point shooting. Yeah, the football throw. Um, there's there's like a speed and accuracy throwing one. I do pretty good with that. That's there's a soccer favorite. ball where Homer Simpson's the goalie. Uh, you keep you work your way down. They have ski ball. You know, you play all the traditional ones, your classics, and then we get into business, and you play the big winners. My big winners. Uh, my go-to is the milk jug one where you get like five balls. You got to throw it in the milk jug. You get like a thousand. You lean right over that line. I don't give a damn. We're playing for, pri- we're not playing for, for morals. We're playing for prizes. So I lean over and just give a little flip and I make about two every time. There have been times where I've gone five for five and you win 5,000 tickets and it's a good day. Um, yes. So you do that. I learned on TikTok how to like, like the the hammer thing where you hit it okay. and like it like rings the bell or whatever. Yeah. It's not all strength based. It's like you gotta like there's like a certain amount of pressure. So you're better off holding the mallet right above the little bell and just tapping it. And if you get it, <laughs> if you get it just right, it, it'll work every time. So I've done that. There I will they have like the big price is right big wheel thing yep. that will spin. Um, I'll just do a couple of laps where like I wait till that's completely empty and I scan my card on all four and I just go boom, 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 boom. And we just see what we get. Um, oh my goodness. You have the ticket, you have the ticket claw, which is always good. The small one, not the big one, the small one. Um, and what you do is, uh, I mean, a you, you play it to win and B you play it at such a fast pace that you hope the machine kind of breaks and then when a person who works there comes over, you're like, I don't want to be this guy, but like I had a 500 in the claw. And, and like, they'll give, I've done that before. I'm not ashamed. Of, look, you got to do what you got to do to get the prizes. All right. Oh my goodness. So I'm, I'm a dirty player. What can I say? Deal or no deal is the best group game there. If you're there with like a squad of more than four or five people, you get everyone involved. You got four way air hockey. You've got hungry, hungry hippos. Or some great group games there. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm not really, I mean, the shooting stuff is fun. The only reason I'm not huge on it is like there's there's no tickets that you get from right, it. Like yeah. there's no reward and it's time consuming. You know, I'm trying to get the most I possibly can get in. I'll always play like one, you know, Buck Hunter or, and yeah. I do one racing game. I love like the Mario Kart, uh, like, but like you're driving or whatever. Um, I thought when you were going to do the trivia, the, the the first game that Dave and Buster were very proud to get was the Daytona Speedway game, the interactive <laughs> racing, which came to them okay. in 1993. Um, I thought you were going to bring that up. I love playing that game. Uh, so, yeah, you could see. I mean, I play everything, man. It just depends on who I'm with, 
how long we're going to be there, what we're trying to achieve. Um, after I play Guitar Hero, before I do my little loop of like the classic games, we go into the gift store and we determine what we're looking to win that day. Okay. Sometimes it's like, let's just get a shot glass and have a nice little fun time. We'll spend 20 bucks here. Sometimes it's like, I want the biggest stuffed animal in this in this <laughs> building and we're not leaving until we get it. Um, there was one time on vacation I, I have, I'm the proud owner of the highest ticketed Dave and Buster's branding item that exists, which is a decanter set, the, like a fancy whiskey thing. You got the decanter yeah. set? Yeah, it comes in a briefcase. Um, yeah. yeah, I have that, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. my God. So, I, I mean, I've won a lot. I always, a lot. I I always look at the decanter set. And I'm it's, like, the hard, it's one of the hardest things to get. The only thing that yeah. now some places have a guitar with branding on it. I don't play yeah. guitar so there's no reason for me to get that i've also won like actual like real world prizes like i have a pretty sick bluetooth speaker like a boom box one that's like i looked okay. it up it's like it's like 300 and i won it on wow. my birthday uh with like a ton of tickets but you know i don't mess around man and my one rule when i go there is you don't leave empty-handed you get the okay. prize you get the prize that you wanted when you went there and like if the prize you wanted was 9,000 tickets and you have 12,000, that's fine. We can leave those left over. But, like, you don't <laughs> you don't ever just be like, I'm just going to save everything for the next time. Like, no, you go there to play. You go there to eat, drink, play, and win. And you do all of those things. So oh, that's I my rule. It. I love it. I love it so much. Noah Hiles, thank you for bucking around with me today. It was a pleasure, sir. Absolutely, man. Oh, 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 oh,